0: Welcome to the Sermon B-Side podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Liberty B-Side podcast. My name is Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Leloyan. Matt, Here we are. We're in the green room. Twelve twenty. Post Post game. game. We're still sweating, right? We're in the locker room. Sermon just ended. I I, have back to back
0: services. Yeah, I haven't showered yet. Okay, Uh,
1: but I am wet because there
0: were a bunch of baptisms today.
1: Have you ever wanted to know what it feels like to be a professional athlete? This is your moment. (laughs) This is it. Back to back church services just ended. Here it's Sunday, twelve twenty. We're recording this. Because our schedules, so yeah. we just like, had to schedule this episode, yep. not on Monday morning like we usually do, sure. but right after the Sunday service, yep. in between the service ending and Liberty 101, which is upcoming, that's where you're going next. Full day. So here you are, you're in front of the media, you're still sweating, yeah. right? Just like, yeah, keep your emotions in check. I don't know what you're like after the sermon, on Sundays, when everything's high in your emotions, well, guess guess we'll find out. Guess we'll find out, right? <laughs> we always give you twenty four hours to settle down before you get faced the hard hitting questions. That's exactly. Usually, like Sunday, about the, about about an hour from now is right. like when I'm like I'm
0: either gonna you know go for a run okay. or like play some games with my family okay. or like crash hard
1: and sleep. Or crash for like hard. Minutes. Okay. Well, you get neither. I can, I can none. none of those things. You get none right of those. Now. things. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, hey, B side podcast. No questions have come in. We did kind of tease it out last week. said, hey, if you have questions, send them in because we're recording right right after the sermon uh, and the services. Uh, Today was a great day. It was. So no questions came in, but we had uh, 11 people come in covenant. Um, Eight children from the gospel class came in covenant. Yeah. We had seven baptisms today. Yeah. Uh, A mix of children and one adult. Yeah. Um,
0: What a great day. It was an awesome day. And it might have been eight baptisms. Maybe eight baptisms. Seven kids, I think. Is that what it was? Seven kids and one adult. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's a great... Yeah. Oh, just a phenomenal day. Yeah. And Steve, just to like attest to, I think you you did a fantastic job with the gospel class, um, the class we do once a year for those kids in that kind of seven to 12 year old range uh, it was a big class this year. It was big like 12 class. or 13, 13 kids, 13 kids yeah. which is which is amazing. And, and, you know, we'll probably have some more classes like that, um, kind of given the demographics of our church and yeah. the, the lot of young lives that we are blessed and entrusted with as a church family. So it was really sweet to celebrate today a bunch of those kids um, that had been dedicated as as infants, some of them, many of them, even here in our church, getting to yeah. baptize them. Yeah. And then um, actually my own, it's personal for me too, my own daughter, who we got to uh, baptize uh, we looked it up and watched the video last night, uh, January of 2016, when she was awesome. about six months old, seven months old. Uh, we watched that video. It was the same day that you guys baptized Evie. Yes. Uh, yep. Back at the Elk's Lodge. Yes. We talked of like a bygone era. Yep. And uh, and then just to to watch that with Emmy and say, well, we we did that then in in the hope of this day that you yeah. would come to your own faith. So really sweet for our my family and and the church family. So yeah,
1: great day, like you said. Awesome. Uh, that will be our first question next week. Is what's the Elk's Lodge? That's the question coming <laughs> next week. We can. Hear. Um, that
0: would be f- fascinating. Like how many people attended a worship who are still part of our church attended a worship. Service have a at the memory Elks Lodge. there, yeah.
1: Um, I, and also, um, yeah, just a a, a a blessing for our families. Guys, called the family to be the primary nurturer and, and yeah uh, raiser of children in the faith. And so yeah. it's it's great for families to celebrate and see a day like today where. Children coming to covenant, yeah, awesome day all around. So, Absolutely. Hey, no questions came in for the sermon yeah. for the sermon today. So you were in First John five. Maybe just do a, do a, the summary, the recap. What was the sermon for today? Yeah. As people might be re- listening to this, preparing for Bible study, just kind of bring it to the front of the mind again. What was the sermon series about?
0: Yeah. So John was John writes a lot in this section, in these six verses about the testimony, uh, and so we talked about the first testimony, which is more the objective historical realities. He, he uses this phrase, which seems to be familiar to his readers. He talks about the what, not just the water, but the blood. Jesus came by yeah. the water and the blood, his baptism and his crucifixion, both some of the opponents only looking to his baptism as a moment that the divine came upon a human, right? And then the divine left him before the cross. John saying, nope, it's the water and the blood. It's yeah. his baptism and his crucifixion. Um, so the Holy Spirit definitely is, is one that does internal subjective work in each of us. Um, but also is the one that points us to external observable evidence. So the first testimony was that the further testimony, the second point is that inward witness of the spirit. John writes in verse 10 that, um, that whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. And so that, that testimony is, that is the sense the spirit is confirming the truth of these things inwardly to us. um, and that, um, really if we were meant to not only have kind of an objective check these boxes i believe these things happened in history but a present experience of the the spirit's work in us yeah. that leads forth to you know I, I teased out two things there both expression and evangelism um that we would actually be expressive with with joy with the range of emotions that scripture invites us to to into um and and then also in evangelism and actually God's testimony, the inward testimony of the Spirit overflowing and becoming our own testimony, that we're talking about Jesus and the true story of the world as we talk about our own story yeah. and our own lives. And then the last piece being the final testimony, those last couple of verses of this section that we were in, verses 11 and 12, this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Um, and really to a, a call there to to remember that that is true. That is the litmus test for, for faith. It's like whoever has the son has eternal life. And whoever yeah. doesn't have the son does not Yeah. to not get, um, as, as I'm inclined to do and, and others are, Christians are inclined to do get so immersed in Christian subculture and different battles back and forth within it that you forget, like there are a lot of people who at this moment, their eternal destiny is that they don't have life, that they yeah. are, they are not going to live forever with God in heaven. They're going to live separated from God in hell. And, um, that we should remember that that's the, that's the primary litmus test that yeah. We,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's good. Well, you can go back to the first comment you made or, or one of the first comments. I think good exposition today that it, it is a passage where the water and the blood, there's more in there. We can read yeah. in our, you know, 21st century lens, like understanding that maybe a little bit more and like, yeah. going like oh yeah, they're, that's what he's talking about. It's like, well, back then they didn't know, right? The, sure. the, the original listeners probably didn't, didn't understand enough about the power of the blood and there was still a lot of questioning about the crucifixion and what was that all about? (laughs) Like, was that necessary? Yeah. Was that, was the divine still involved in the crucifixion? So I think it it was good. Yeah. Good teaching today. I'm glad. Yeah. That,
0: that, that verse is notoriously difficult to translate. Um, I did a little bit of a dive on like the historical theology of that if, if other people want to know more about it, but it's, you know, there, there's also, like, people have, have seen in that text over the years a reference to, to the cross of Jesus where the centurion pierced his side and water and blood together yeah. flowed out from the side of Jesus. The Augustine uh, loved that interpretation of it. Calvin and Luther both saw a foreshadowing of the sacraments, the water being the sacrament of baptism and the blood being uh, the sacrament of communion. Yep. But both of those seem to be more reading into what we call eisegesis, right. into the text. Um you know I mean certainly commendable and trying to connect the the scripture into the whole council of God, sure, but it would be really odd for that to be foreshadowing of of sacraments, particularly to, I'll talk about the blood but not talk about the body of Christ if right. they were if it was talking about the sacrament of communion. So it, does, it seems like Luther and Calvin were reaching too far there and then Augustine, um, maybe there's a reference to this to the but but it, in context, the opponents John was writing to. The main error being they would they wanted to separate the humanity and divinity of Christ. Yeah, we've seen that throughout this letter as a, right. as a recurring theme in different specific ways. It seems like the best interpretation what John actually would mean for his original audience was the baptism of Jesus
1: and the crucifixion of Jesus, the water right. and the blood. Right, right. That's good. Yeah, and, and some of that John talks about otherwise in the New Testament other places too. Like this good emphasis of his. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, no questions came in. Maybe yeah. Matt set us up this way. Set us up well for Bible studies. You had some questions that are on that list for us, right? We have those weekly questions that have come out. Yep. So you had devised them for this week as you were preaching. Uh what's the best way to for Bible studies to to prepare and then to spend time together reflecting on this sermon?
0: Yeah, I I think there's some really interesting conversation to be had about um the idea of unbelief as calling God a liar. Like where where is where is it okay to be like the man in Mark 9 who says, I believe help my unbelief. Yeah. We're still gonna like all sin underneath it is unbelief, and and John Stott's quote, which is part of the discussion questions, it's 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 rewritten into the question so you can use them there. That unbelief is not a misfortune to be pitied, but a sin to be deplored. Yeah. So I think there's an interesting conversation to be had as to where is unbelief. You know this brazen declaration of rebellion against God. Like I'm calling God a liar. I'm choosing not to follow Him. And where is there still room for legitimate wrestling with unbelief, yeah. doubts, questions? Yeah. Um. I think in real life, that's that's where there's a tension that exists there because none of us uh, have a life that's completely free of any questions or doubts. We all yeah. wrestle with certain things. Um. So I think it'd be interesting to kind of unpack that with each other. What I really want people to see, though, is that you, you can't have this kind of humble sounding, self deprecating sounding, intelligent sounding like neutrality of like, well, who can really know? Um, at the end of the day, there really is like you, you're either trusting yourself or you're trusting God. You're either right. you're either you're calling someone like someone's lying. You know, if right. you're if you're disagreeing with with God and Scripture about something, someone's lying. Right. Um, so I I think that's a good jumping off discussion point. I think it'd be great to talk about how the spirit's work affects our expressiveness and our evangelism. Uh, I don't think that's the only thing a present witness of the spirit affects in our Christian life, but I think for our church family, generally speaking, those are two areas that we could grow a ton in sure and um, I would love to hear you know how people could envision um, praying for and pursuing and leaning into a present Experience of the of the Spirit's work, yeah. taking that objective reality that Jesus, what Jesus has done in time and space, but making it making it you know palpable, tangible, uh, a feeling sense of the truth is, yeah. is a phrase that comes to my mind often. Yeah, um, and then kind of the last one, just to to recalibrate our gauge with what the actual litmus test is. I think um, maybe even particularly for those of us that are in Bible study groups, we're already leaning in pretty far to to our Christian faith, and, and in some sense that tends to come part and parcel with, with the Christian subculture. Yep. So it's like, Hey, are are any of us too immersed in Christian subculture? Um, where we've kind of lost sight of like, we're missing the forest for the trees. Like we're, we're, um, we're so immersed in like the back and forth, you know, like this past week, it's like, there's a whole new reignited controversy. Rick Warren's, you know, got a perspective on, uh, women being preachers and pastors in the SBC. And there's like, so like, if you're on, if you're in the Christian subculture, that's like dominating your, your news cycle and it's dominating your, you know, your Twitter feed. And every week there's something like that. Yeah. And, um, no shortage. There's no shortage. And so it's like, we just have to, I think as Christians, make sure we come up for air and go, Hey, like a huge percentage of the world does not have the son of God, does not believe the testimony. God has born about his son and therefore does not have life. Yeah. Does that matter more? Yes. These other conversations important. Certainly. And that's not an excuse for us to like, get wishy-washy about other deep convictions. Sure. I think that that's an area we could go in. I'm just not concerned that the vast majority of people at Liberty are in like the, hey, we're getting too wishy-washy about our convictions on on other things. Yeah. I'm more concerned that like we're so in the minutiae that we're probably more at a risk of, Jesus' analogy, straining out gnats and swallowing camels. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The unclean, I probably should unpack that more. I committed my own Christian subculture faux pas of... Assuming everyone knew what that would mean, but it, unclean animals to the Jewish religious leaders, yep. the gnat being one of the smallest, the camel being the biggest. Yep. Um, focusing so much on not not making sure I'm not drinking a gnat by accident in my water because that would make me unclean. That we're, but I'm like,
1: you know, eating a camel. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, that's the and so the question there for for all of us is to is to discern where where are we doing that functionally in our life in our lives with the people around us. Yeah. In our workplaces, our neighborhoods, when we come across unbelievers or people that were just it might be unbelievers. They might not be like, where yeah. are we going deeper into some relationships to help people see the son of God for who he is? Yep. And not even not even just existing conversation in those subculture yep. ways. Even the, you know, I can I can think about non-Christians in my life that it could be easy to even just talk about the Christian subculture stuff with them. Yeah. You know, they can understand, unbelievers sometimes even understand some cr- subculture sure. enough to have that be we're engaging with them. Sure. Instead of never really actually going a little bit deeper to go, Hey, what about you? And what do you believe about Christ? Yeah. Right. That's even something that was something that came to mind for me as I was listening to you preach. Like unbelievers also understand enough subculture that we could, we could unfortunately and accidentally or consciously um, sit there too often with them too.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. That's, that's well said. And, and there can be so many entry points to those conversations. Um, I, I think even first and foremost, you know, The the first question is like, are, are we, are we too immersed in Christian subculture? Like where are each of us making sure that we're spending significant time with people that aren't Christians to make sure that, that our gauge is like accurately calibrated. Cause it's just so easy for us to kind of, to kind of narrow that in and become myopic and kind of say like, well, I just spend most of my, like, this is easy for me and you we're elders in a church. We're on staff at a church, um, you Know our kids have a lot of Christian friends, it's like, so it's like, what are the venues going to look like? Which they don't have to be exactly the same venues for everyone, but what, where are the places where we're actually relating with and, and around people that just don't have any, yep, any confession of faith in Christ, often who wouldn't even get half of the things we're talking about, right? Just to remember, like, that's there's a lot more people in the world like that than there are people like us that are talking about the minutiae, yeah, and 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 we just need that. Need that refreshed in our minds and recalibrated um, often.
1: Yeah, it's helpful. That's good. Well, uh, thank you for listening to today's episode. Hopefully, this was helpful to just kind of prompt and bring it back to the front of your mind how to uh, relate well with each other and speak well uh, effectively, even uh, in your Bible study time on the sermon that was preached today. We'll look forward to seeing you next Sunday. It's our final sermon. It is. We're wrapping up first, John. John. Final sermon of First John uh, before we transition to another short sermon series as we're heading into the summer which has a deeper uh, sermon series so um, hey thanks everyone for joining today always sending questions as you have them enjoy the rest of this week and we'll look forward to seeing you next Sunday sounds great see you then bye everyone
0: thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast for more resources information about our church visit www.libertyharrisburg.org that's liberty with an I harrisburg.org